This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Alright, Mara, how's it going? A transfer? No, I just finished doing the recording with Wills. Zach Clough. I'll have a look at it now. Ah, looks a decent player. I'm not sure. I guess I'll just have to try and find a way to add it in. I don't know. I'll just probably improvise something towards the start. Anyway, cheers, Mara. Alright me Maras, welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast, I am your host Skelly, this is episode 23 and today's episode is featuring myself and Wills having a crack about Carlisle United's news so far this summer and everything seems to have been kicking off in the last 48 hours to be completely honest, I hope you enjoyed my little improvised sketch at the start there, Carlisle United did sign Zach Clough from Wigan uh, yesterday, on, on on Wednesday the 22nd, Zach signed on the dotted line. So, unfortunately, I recorded with Will maybe about two hours before the Zach Clough signing was announced. So, we didn't cover that. So, this is me covering that a little bit now. And as I was getting ready to prepare a little section about Zach Clough, there was another signing announced. And it's one of his former teammates, another ex Wigan player known as Corey Whelan. Corey Whelan is a defender and Zach Clough is an attacking midfielder slash striker if you want him to be I guess. Both of these lads have good pedigree. Both of these lads have a good footballing education. Both of these lads are in their 20s and actually look like very ambitious, very positive signings for the Cumbrians to be bringing on board. So welcome, Zach Clough, and welcome, Corey Whelan, to Carlisle United. I can't wait to see you guys shooting about in pre-season, and we can get a decent look at what you lads are like. Corey Whelan's got a bit of an interesting backstory. He disappeared over to America uh, in 2019, came back at the beginning of this season and played several times for Wigan. 
but spent a bit of time over playing in the MLS, which is, uh, you know, it's always interesting when a footballer has those kind of aspirations to want to see what a different style is like, see what a different culture is like within the game of football. And that's definitely something I admire in players. And if I ever was lucky enough to be a professional footballer, I would transfer here, there and everywhere and have a bit of a piddly post-journeyman sort of career, I'd imagine. I'd like to see a bit of everything whilst also earning a decent living, doing something that would just be sick to do for a job. And that's being a professional footballer. Anyway, I'm not going to hang around any further. Just having a bit of a pre-ramble. We've covered that. So yeah, welcome Zach Clough. Welcome Corey Whelan. Unfortunately, we do not really cover these transfers during today's episode but we do cover the Tristian Abrahams episode as well as a number of other headlines Carlisle has produced thus far this summer which does include talking about the kitsch launch so there'll be details about when you can get your hands on the new Carlisle United kit we'll also be talking and throwing in our opinions about Zanzala leaving and Farman leaving, both of them going to Barrow. We'll both, me and Wills will be giving you our opinions on that. Anyway, you know what? I'll do an introduction to this during the conversation with Will anyway. So there's only one thing left to do in this introduction. And that is give all you lovely listeners the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. <clears throat> is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Here we go. How do you drown a hipster? You throw him in the mainstream. <laughs> How do you drown a hipster? You throw him in the mainstream. You get, oh, it's too mainstream, man. Drown. Ah, yes. Absolutely brilliant. That was a quick, easy one this week. And talking about quick, easy ones, that was a quick, easy segue for me. So it wasn't. It was really shoehorned and strained. I put too much pressure on myself to think about segues at the moment. I really do. I really do. I need to calm down a bit. Um, anyway, let's crack on with the bulk of the show. And welcome back. Wills, let's get on with the show. <laughs> so, Wills, mate, how have you been? It's been a couple of weeks since we've had you sitting in on a recording and joining us for the Blue Army podcast. Have you been up to much watching the Euros? Yeah, I've been watching bits of the Euros. I've not been kind of like, you know, I've not been watching the entire thing religiously. But things that take my interest, I've watched. Yeah, there's been a couple of good games. Like, we'll dive into um, sort of like your favourite game and, and maybe some predictions and little bits of fun nonsense in a couple of seconds. But for now, mate, I'm going to tell everybody out there listening that this is episode 23 of the Blue Army podcast. You are joined by me, Skelly, and Wills is joining me today. As you've just heard, the music on today's show is from Nat. Dempsey and it's his brand new single called Hearsay. I heard it earlier. It's very good and you guys will be able to hear it at the end of the show. Uh, Nat Dempsey's is a young up-and-coming Cumbrian artist from the out west ways. I think it's Ennerdale or somewhere out there that Nat's from. So he's very much backwater Cumbria but 
very talented musician, and we're very happy to have him here on the Blue Army podcast, talking about being happy to have people here on the Blue Army podcast. What a segue! What a segue! Get in! <laughs> Wills is going to be talking with me, and obviously all you guys are going to gag in and listen. We're going to talk Carlisle news that's been happening since the start of the summer. Uh, we've got headlines for you, such as uh, all the friendlies have been confirmed. The new kit launch details. Hartlepool are back in League Two. Zanzala and Farman both turning down deals and joining Barrow. Obviously, we'll talk about the new signing, Tristan Abraham. And we'll finish off with a little bit of a rumour mill that's been started uh, with a lad who's been seen on Instagram training with one of the Carlisle United players. All will be revealed a little bit later on. But for now, let's talk to Wills. Wills, how are you, mate? You're all right. Sorry you have to sit through that ramble of mine. Yeah, I'm good. It's been a, it's been a while since I've been here, I think. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's nice to have a new season on the horizon and some football to watch on telly again. Though it's been a nice summer as well. So, you know, all's, all's good up this neck of the woods. Nice. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. Um, so, mate, we'll kick off and we'll we'll talk about the Euros a little bit. We'll have a bit of a chat about the Euros so far. Um, we just you just said there at the start and a little bit of a preamble that you've been watching bits and bobs. Has there been a game that stood out for you so far? Yeah, uh, yesterday's game between Denmark and Russia stood mm. out for me. It was. A, did you watch that one? I didn't. I saw the highlights today. There's a couple of really great goals, but also there was the emotion about Denmark with what happened to Christian Eriksen and the match being played in Copenhagen. And they, um, you know, it seemed quite a lot of fans in the stadium. I don't know if like social distancing rules in Denmark are slightly different, but, you know, it seemed quite noisy and, you know, quite a good atmosphere in there. And then there were, um, you know, they were watching also the results Oh, the, the score from the Belgium Finland game, and there was a bit of back and forth. There was like one moment where um, Denmark took a two-goal lead, and then heard that Belgium had scored against Finland, and that put Denmark in second. And all the fans started cheering, and you could see the players are kind of like affected by it. And then, um, within the space of a few seconds, Russia were awarded a penalty, and news broke that the Belgium goal had been disallowed. And suddenly Denmark are back down to third as things stand and their two goal leads being cut in half. But then, you know, um, Denmark then turned on the style, scored another great goal and ended up running out 4-1 winners. Uh, while in the other game, uh, Belgium scored a couple of goals to put the result beyond doubt. And Denmark end up finishing second in their group and will play Wales in the next in the next round, which is sure to be a good game. I've been enjoying watching Wales play, uh, probably more than England, but we'll ju- we'll get onto that in just a couple of minutes. We won't get bogged down in that here in the preamble opening bit. I've enjoyed watching Wales play. Um, 
Italy has been classic. They've gone back to the old school way that Italy would play, which is just like soak up yeah. everything, score one goal and soak up everything, uh, just control yeah. the game from the back. And I quite enjoy the retro style of Italian football. A lot of people find it a bit boring, but I look at it like a chess game. I quite like yeah. that. My favourite game so far was probably on Sunday when Switzerland took on Turkey. Switzerland won 3-1. All the goals were fantastic. Uh, there was, was so many shots on goal in that game. It was it was just really entertaining to watch. Shakiri was in his element for Switzerland. He seems to be that way when he plays for his country. He seems to take the reins and really enjoy playing for his country. And I think Turkey, unfortunately, coming into the tournament as a little bit of a sort of like dark horse because they won a lot of games coming into yeah. the tournament, seems to have just, just bottled it, I guess. They haven't done very well since getting here. Have you seen much of Turkey play? Uh, yeah, I didn't see that one, but I saw um, one of the other games that Turkey were in. And um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I didn't know much about them going into the tournament. Like, I hadn't heard that they had this dark horse status. But, you know, now I've kind of like seen them, you know, they've been disappointing and it, it seems like they're expecting to do a lot better. Same can be said of Russia, who I saw yesterday. They were terrible yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, uh, as soon as Denmark got their heads up, which they were going to, because it was so emotional for them. And they, you know, they were just attacking and attacking, attacking. Russia just crumbled. And I'm sure they went into the tournament kind of expected to do better. Mm. Um, you know, the previous, the previous tournament, uh, you know, being the World Cup in Russia. And, you know, I thought they may have, that they may have felt that, there was some kind of Russian football renaissance coming, but it wasn't to be. And we all know that I'm a little bit of a, of a betting man and uh, I like to throw out like a solid bet and sort of like a wild card bet. So I've done one for a sort of tournament winner and I've done yeah. uh, one for top goal scorer. I say I've done one, I've done two. I've done yeah. a top goal scorer, a realistic opinion of mine, somebody who I think is a dead favourite to get top goal scorer. I put a fiver on both of these players, by the way. But five pounds on Lukaku, who's currently standing on three goals after scoring again for Belgium last night. Scored two goals in his first group game for Belgium. And I put a cheeky little bet on Arnakovic, who managed to get suspended in his second game (laughs) for having uh, an overzealous celebration. What was going on there? Did you see anything about that? I didn't know. Um, He... He got in trouble, though, didn't he, for the political nature of it? Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, it, it seems like that bet's gone. <laughs> Arnakovic is one of those players. I, I, I always liked him when he was at West Ham. He was really um, the get-up-and-go kind of player. He was fantastic at Stoke as well. Took a lot of people by surprise when he went to China and took the money. Um Yeah. It was that or Liverpool, I think, at the time. Liverpool were very interested in him at the time. So, obviously, he made his decision for the reasons that he made his decision. I don't want to speculate on on, on why he would have chosen China over uh, yeah. potentially winning the Premier League title with Liverpool. But we'll leave that where it stands. I think part of that celebration, though, had something to do with the amount of criticism that was thrown his way from European football towards Chinese football. And he, he was heavily criticised across the board um, for making the move to China and maybe being seen as not being, what is it, aspirational enough to stay in Europe and, and play for trophies, maybe? Maybe that's just not what was 
important to him. Maybe it's a job. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was at Stoke when he was in England, mm-hmm. so I'm sure trophies were never really his priority. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's funny you kind of mentioned that kind of like lack of ambition, but then there's a lot of money in China. Uh, Macaulay Gillespie's returned to the UK after spending some time in Australia. And when he moved to Australia, I kind of like questioned his ambition at the time because he was a decent player at this level. And, you know, you, you go to Australia where I don't know how much money there is. I wouldn't be surprised if there was more money in the A-League than there is in League Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quality of football isn't quite as good. But, you know, you know, it's a, you know, it's a lifestyle choice maybe, and maybe it's kind of wrong to criticise him too much for not saying I'm going to stay in England and battle my way up through League One and the Championship playing the likes of Derby and Reading. I'd rather play in Australia. You know, you can't really criticise him for that, but he's back now. Um, China's maybe a similar thing. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of life footballers are able to lead out there. A very wealthy one, it seems. <laughs> I've Whether he's quite got the beaches and the surf yeah. that Australia has, I don't know. I heard that it's very much about games consoles when you sign for a team in China. Apparently, Anarkovic has this like crazy chair that like moves around in the air and and like vibrates and stuff, and he can control things in his headset and guns. He's got like a proper gaming setup basically because there's nothing else for him to do. Right. Um, but he Does seems he play to play football be... as well. Uh, I mean, like you know, he, he probably he probably contracted to do so, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, in in his downtime, um, from what I've heard from various other players' interviews, people that are still in contact with him, people uh, Anarkovic called, um, I think it was Noble recently towards the end of the season, just to say like, well done for all your years at West Ham, blah blah blah. Really enjoyed working with you, all that niceties. And in the background, because he was FaceTiming, Noble saw the big crazy game chair and Anarkovic kind of explained <laughs> what it was and why he's got it there. And all the sort of European or even like Brazilian players, they're all networking over in China and they all play against each other on these various games. And obviously yeah. in China, the gaming technology might be a little bit further ahead than ours. So if you're into your games you might be really enjoying that <laughs> talking about um, um gillespie yeah he was over at the brisbane raw with tom aldridge who was also a former carlisle united youth team player if you've heard the interview that i did with alex mitchell both of those lads were in the same youth team setup as Alex and Alex gave us a little bit of insight onto Tom Aldridge, not so much uh, Gillespie, but I would imagine part of the reason why he went to Australia was one, the money was slightly better. Two, it's an adventure of a lifetime. I'm speaking from personal experience. It is a change of lifestyle. It's really, it's amazing. Um, and three, you've already got uh, two people out there that you know because Bridges was, uh, they were cleaning Michael Bridges' boots. Yeah. So they were always they were always going to be looked after when they got over there. And obviously, when you've got those endorsements from from two friends, it's, it probably doesn't seem like much of a risk. And in the end, it's probably turned out to be the best thing that he could have done for himself. Probably didn't expect to get onto a, a Mark Gillespie, uh, not Mark Gillespie. That's a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, do you have a, a prediction for top goal scorer for the Euros? Uh, I don't know, to be honest, before the game, you know, before the tournament, I might have kind of like thought, I might have thought Harry Kane was going to have a good tournament. He was a top goal scorer at the World Cup. 
Um, I might have looked at one of their French players, I might look a bit like Mbappe or Pogba. Um, but I'd say, I'd, I'd I don't know too much about you know about the actual in in detail form of international players. Uh, go you on, know. put your put put your put your put your colours on the board. Go on, just say a name, give us a name, just predict. Go on, give us a shout. Mbappe. Mbappe, yeah. Okay. I mean yeah, that's a, that's a good he hasn't scored yet, so like <laughs> it's only a hat, a hat trick can turn it all around for yeah, anyone, yeah, yeah. especially when you've got teams like North Macedonia playing. <laughs> well, France aren't gonna play them. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That was a difficult group that France are in, that old group of death down there. Uh, yeah. what about go on, sorry. I was gonna say, and um, you know, Hungary held France to a point. So, you know, France have looked good going into the tournament, but you know, I mean Germany, they were the best, you know, they were the best team against Germany. Only one one nil. Um, drew drew with Hungary, and now they've got Portugal to play. So you know that group's kind of on a knife edge now. Yeah. Um, with you know France on four points, Germany on three, and Portugal on three. Hungary have won. They're not out of it yet, although they've got a poor goal difference. So it'll be a struggle for them to make it through in third place. They could finish second. They'd have to beat. Germany, <laughs> don't quite fancy them for that. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I will, I will say, I'll move on to the next uh, subject that I wanted to get a prediction for, which would be uh, the top tournament, the winner, the winner of the Euros two thousand and one. Now, like I said earlier, I've got a realistic aim for this, and I've got a not so realistic bet on this. The realistic bet was Germany. Uh, yeah. I think Germany are going to win the Euros this year. Uh, I think anyone that crawls out of that group of death has got a better chance than most teams because they've just been playing against the better calibre of player coming out of the group stages. Uh, I also feel like Germany yeah. are just the best team at the tournament. They've just got the biggest and best squads and they seem to have a really good team cohesion. Saying that, Italy do seem like they have a game plan and, and they've been employing it pretty well up mm. until this point. My outside shout was going to be Croatia. Yeah, another team that kind of came in with high hopes after a good World Cup and just haven't really clicked. Um, could easily could easily finish. Um, I mean, they could easily find themselves in the knockout stages. Mm-hmm. It's just not been a great tournament for them, has it? They've just not seemed like they've got going. Yeah, and there's quite a few teams you can look at and just be like, it's not, it's not seem, it doesn't seem to have like really worked. Um, um, Spain, Spain have only got two points from two draws. You know, they've got their final group game is against uh, Slovakia, who won against Poland. Mm-hmm. Spain could, Spain could go out. Not careful. They were. I mean, they didn't bring any players from Real Madrid. Um, there, there was lots of eyebrows raised about the team selection going into the tournament, yeah. and it seems like they've just come unstuck. To be completely honest, and uh, sometimes Spain do that, and then they turn around the next year and win the World Cup. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Spain were underperformers for ages before winning the Euros. Um, oh, like. 10 years ago, I don't know when it was, like 20 years ago now, 
that you know Spain were always the underperformers team that never really did anything at the World Cup, despite having some of the best players um, being one of the best leagues in the world. Uh, but you know they've they've kicked on last last two last two tournaments not really been you know not really been it for them. They've not looked the threat that they used yeah. to have. They've not looked uh, as as um, fluorescent going forward as it used to be. The kind of style of football's changed a little bit. It hasn't it hasn't been as silky for a long time as it used to be. They used to have a very good style of being able to hold the ball around the midfield, but also, you know, move very fluidly, almost a counter-attacking side, even if the team, even if the opposition team was, was set up against them, they would always try and play out from the back uh, and work their way through teams. And they, they, they used to cut through teams like a hot knife through butter. They were killing teams off uh, 4-5-1 all the way through the sort of uh, World Cup qualifiers a couple of years ago. And now they just seem to have hit a little bit of a roadblock and they've sort of like started stuttering a little bit. And it seems like they need a new leader because uh, yeah. Ram- Ramos isn't uh, in the squad anymore. So it seems like they need one person to sort of take charge and then they need a, a goal scorer as well. Yeah. And, you know, their style of football seems to have been found out a bit. It's all about pressing now. Mm. Um, and I-, I don't know if you'd still describe them as playing tick attacker. But that's kind of the style of football they played when they were winning things. And kind of like um, England all those years when England just stuck to being a physical, fast-breaking team and, and weren't interested in the trends in football in the world in general. They were just like, we'll play the English way and always underperformed because they, you know... and. Maybe that's kind of happening to Spain now, that they're kind of like sticking to playing the Spanish style of football when everyone else is playing a lot more pressing football. Well, it's, it's, uh, we can't really criticise Spain too much as two Englishmen. England have been lacklustre, can we say? There's, there seems to be a lack of cohesion with the strikers. Sterling and Kane just don't seem to be... Uh, passing to each other. What's going on with England, mate? I just don't understand that the, the way that the way that we attack just seems very aimless at the moment. We seem to get it into one man up front, and then people just just sort of like go missing. I'm not sure what's going on with England. How have you felt watching the first two England games so far? Uh, I thought they were quite good against Croatia. I know it was only one nil, but Croatia never really looked like scoring and. You know, if you've got a one-goal lead and you're defending that, not much more you can ask for. Uh, Scotland, it's a derby match. Is it maybe kind of form goes out the window? I think Harry Kane was very poor against Scotland. And although uh, the commentators seemed a bit surprised at taking England's main attacking threat off when he was substituted, I thought it was the right move because he just wasn't really, he just wasn't really at it. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I presume he'll probably start tonight, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, England are through, you know, no matter what, mm-hmm. and the Czech and the Czech Republic are also through, no matter what. So, I mean, that could potentially lead to a more open game because. 
neither team's worried about going out. Both teams will probably be worried about picking up injuries um, or potentially suspensions, but you know, there's there's no kind of like there's no fear that can almost approach it. Not like a friendly, but um, you know, maybe on the pitch, you know, the lack of you know the lack of pressure because you I mean you still get quite a lot of scrutiny in friendlies so it's not like saying oh it's like a friendly is is like saying that it's like a domestic friendly like Carlisle playing Middlesbrough or something you know international friendlies are still big games so yeah yeah it's kind of it might be a bit like an international friendly England traditionally very good in friendlies so you know, fingers crossed. I think Sterling's having a good tournament so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as England go as a team, as management, I feel like the, the mistakes that have started from the management, from the selection onwards in this tournament, don't just lend themselves to armchair supporters like me. Anybody could criticise this England team's selection just by picking up a newspaper and realising that you could have took a couple more centre-backs with you. Um, Playing Tyro Mings at centre-back when you've left a plethora of uh, young, decent talents. I'm not talking world-class, world-beating talents. I'm talking young, good talents that could be in the team for the next four to five tournaments going forward. I'm talking about um, Lascelles at at Newcastle, uh, players like him that could, could have been brought along to the tournament and could have doubled his value by having a decent tournament and could have found himself at a top four team over this summer if he had a decent tournament. But to bring Mings and play him at centre-back and have a unfit Harry Maguire, and it, it's just very... It's basic stuff that you shouldn't be doing as a manager, in my opinion. Also, when you've watched Harry Kane play with Raheem Sterling... It, it doesn't. It doesn't work. You don't get the best out of Harry Kane. You might get a decent game out of uh, Sterling, but you will not get a decent game out of Harry Kane playing with Raheem Sterling. The two of them just don't necessarily work together. Sterling's not crossing the ball into Kane. He's not crossing it. Yeah. He's he's cutting inside, and he's going to shoot. Okay, yeah. so you've either got to give some more clear instructions to your strikers, and say if you if you don't pass the ball to Harry Kane five times in the first half, you're coming off in the first forty five minutes, and vice versa to Harry Kane. If you guys don't make the effort to start linking up, you're coming off. I'll put Jude Bellingham on, or you know, like something needs to change. Something needs to happen. There's 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 something in the squad that just isn't clicking, and we can all see it, or at least I feel like I can see it. Uh, playing two defensive midfielders doesn't work for anyone's attacking prowess going yeah. forward. Fair enough. I feel like Southgate was maybe nervous against Scotland and therefore he played the two defensive midfielders and made Grealish sit on the bench again. But it just, that wasn't the tactic that we needed for the Scotland game. We needed it to be a really good open game. Scotland were always going to attack us. The idea was for us to outscore Scotland and we've got the talent to outscore Scotland every single day of the week. So we should have tried to open that game up instead of letting Scotland counter-attack and hit because they were dangerous when they came forward and they were playing yeah. for set pieces, which is exactly how they got the, uh, the, la- the last game against us when we played against them, how they got the result there. It's like they play for the set pieces 
and uh, they're very good. And, you know, the passion's there. They get in these positions. England defending is slow and is lazy. We do not react fast enough. I mean, we just don't react fast enough in our own box. And that's where Scotland's most chances were coming to. There were like half volleys and volleys within the out, like the areas of the box. That's where Scotland's chances were sort of like dropping to them. And England weren't reacting fast enough. So as, as far as I've seen so far, it's been, it's been dog-eared performances from almost everybody on the pitch, apart from Foden seems to be able to pull his socks up and, and make an effort out of nowhere. But he hasn't got anyone that's willing to sort of stick with him. If he gives the ball to Sterling, he's not getting it back. Um, he can't find Kane for some reason. Yeah. Uh, he did on one occasion and then Kane, like, I think, nearly broke his ribs and ran into the post, which is obviously unfortunate. Um, but there's something going on there. There's not enough creative force going forward. And if you take a Declan Rice out, um, then maybe you give yourself that Jack Grealish or a Saka yeah. or somebody with pace that can get on the ball, run at defenders and make them panic. And that's what we seem to have lacked. We seem to want to sort of build the ball and build up and build up and build up. And then it just doesn't, it, it's not working for me, man. It's not working for me at the moment. I need to see something different against the Czech Republic. Yeah. I mean, I think like with Declan Rice, um, I, I I forgot he was on the pitch watching the watching the Scotland game. It's not necessarily it's not necessarily his fault. It's for it's the system he's playing in. Like you say, with two defensive midfielders up against a team that aren't really going to make you need two defensive midfielders. So, um, you know, it's only two games. We've got uh, at least two more. Uh, the 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 next game we've got tonight is very much a kind of pressure off kind of game. So, you know, I've not like, I, I wasn't tipping England to win the thing beforehand. So, but I, you know, I, I've not like lost any of my confidence based on the, on the matches that I've seen that I still think England can go far in this tournament. God, you put, put a pin down, put a pin down. How far do you think England are going to get this tournament? Semi-finals. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. The path's pretty nice. Um, we've we've been able to stutter our way through recently to semi-finals, yeah. so we'll see what we'll see what happens. I don't think that's completely outlandish, but something needs to change going forward if we're going to get to the latter stages of this of this tournament. Because if we come up against even even a Holland, um, and they're they're, yeah. they're they're not the best team that they've had in a long time, I can see us really getting in the trouble. Really yeah. getting into trouble. I mean, you said you felt we needed, um, we didn't bring enough centre backs, mm. um, but you know, we we haven't conceded a goal yet, and the problem has been going forward. Uh, I think Tyrone Mings has been our best player of the tournament so far. He's been excellent in the two games he has played. I think so he has. I think he's had a great, he's had great performances. I yeah. just, he's obviously he's playing out of position. It's a, it's just it's, yeah, it's yeah, an odd yeah. one. You wouldn't have expected the Tyrone Mings playing centre back would be the best player at the tournament so far. Yeah, so you just have to see how it goes. I feel like we lack um, options up front. You know, there's a there's a kind of thing where you're saying like we've got Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling and Marcus Rashford as our kind of options for kind of goal scorers. Mm. And we 
don't, you know, we play two of them together. Uh, we don't really, you know, you, you know, when you look at the bench and kind of like against Scotland, you think, what can we do? We can bring Marcus Rashford on. Up front, it's kind of the only thing we can do. Obviously, midfield and other things as well. Like you say, uh, Jack Grealish came on for Declan Rice. I think it was for Declan Rice that he came on for. So like there's things you do in midfield that can change the uh, shape of your attack as well. But yeah, it, it, it would have been nice to have an, an extra kind of goal-scoring player. Um, um, is Jamie Vardy injured? He retired from England. Ah, oh, shit. Mm. You have to believe that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we could we we could have done with the Jamie Vardy at this tournament. Like hell, yes. Yeah, I've said this. I've said this. Even like a Danny Ings, or is he injured? I don't know. <laughs> just what so, someone someone who's just like different, just a different option is what we're saying. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? We're just saying something a different option. England teams in the past have had the types of uh, like Jermaine Defoe, uh, Peter Crouch. Um, Wayne Rooney, Michael Owen, all in the same squad. They all give different options. You know, Heskey, they all give different options. They're all different types yeah. of, of, of strikers. You get different partnerships when you play them all together. Um, and we didn't ha- we didn't have a lack of options. And yeah, it feels see like... Where we, see where we should have just taken a plunge and put Bioak and Fenway in the squad? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, you're not likely to, you know, in a squad of 23, you're not likely to give him any game time, but he's there. And, you know, maybe that game against Scotland, you bring him on for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> I could be, I could be. Chaos ensues. You, you bring him on against a team like Spain. <laughs> Absolute carnage. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate yeah you never know you never know there were, there were rumours that uh, um, Fenwell was trying to get a cap for Ireland at one point but they just couldn't uh... pin down any grandparents <laughs> <laughs> has he had any caps for Nigeria I know he's eligible to play for them but... I did I just I, I tried to look it up just now and as far as Wikipedia says he didn't get into any Nigeria squad no uh... Um, but obviously that trick there could have taken him to the world, uh, not the World Cup, the Euros this year. <laughs> like I say, semi-final against Spain, one-one, fifteen minutes to go. Bring the beast on. See how the Spanish <laughs> defenders cope with that. <laughs> That's it. Bring on the PFA Team of the Year performer, 2017 <laughs> League Two campaign. That's what you need. You need Northampton Towns Player of the Year, 2010. He'll sort it out. Do you know he'll sort it out, Will? AFC Wimbledon's Player of the Year from 2015. Yeah. That's he'll sort it out. Otherwise known as Adi Akinfenewa. <laughs> May as well reel off a couple of honours while I've got it. Anyway, let's Peace move most. away. Move away from the Euros. Yeah. And let's move into some of Carlisle United-related content. I did want to plug next week's show now next week's show is again something a little bit different i have challenged liam denwood from the blue army tv to a series of head-to-head challenges and this next week will be our first head-to-head challenge and we're doing a fantasy draft of ex carlisle united players who are in the Football Manager 21 database, okay? So me and Liam Denwood will be sitting down and going uh, player for player 
filling out a squad of 16 and then having a head-to-head match against each other to see who has the best tactical knowledge, the best Carlisle sort of player history knowledge, whoever we can sort of source and scapper for. And yeah, it should be a fun episode. should be something Mm. different going forward. Will, since I've got you, buddy, um, I was hoping you might be able to help me out, to be honest. I have been struggling for a few names in the right back and left back areas, to be completely honest. Can you maybe scratch your head and think of anyone that might be decent for me to bring into the draft uh, at the back? Or just all together, actually. I mean, you could bring James Tavernier in. Oh, I never even thought of that. That's a great shout. He was on load, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Is he still at Rangers? Oh, mate. What a great <laughs> shout. I hope Liam Deadwood's not listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll just have to you'll just have to bleep that bit out. <laughs> <laughs> just because that one that one person that might be listening. <laughs> that's a great shout, mate. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great shout for a fullback. Wow. Yeah, I'm taking that one to the bank. He is on the list. He might be in my top three first picks, man. He might be in my yeah. top three first picks. Um, I'll give I'll give I'll give, a, I'll give a little bit away. Obviously, as tactics go in a draft, uh, you've got to have a few. You've got to know what mm. you're doing going forward. Now, Liam knows that I've got a certain tactic in the bag anyway. There is two ex-Carla United goalkeepers that are pretty much neck and neck when it comes to talent. And I'm talking about Jordan Pickford and Dean Henderson. And basically, if he picks Pickford, I'm going to pick Hendo. If he picks Hendo, I'm going to pick Pickford. And that's pretty much all I'm going to give away. (laughs) So how does it work? Do you like take turns picking a team, basically like you're picking teams at school? Yeah, exactly. Like we're picking teams at school. Like every ex Carlisle United player is in the playground with us. And somehow yeah. they decided that me and Liam Denwood were going to be captains, even though we're not playing, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're going to, yeah, we're just going to pick a team out and uh, they're going to go head to head. And you know what, Liam? If you're listening, I am going to be playing a 4 4 2. <laughs> Mike Bassett. <laughs> <laughs> but it might not be the 4 4 2 you would think of. Got to throw a curveball in there, buddy. You've got to throw a curveball at them. You've got to Is throw a, a diamond. At them. It might be some kind of diamond. <laughs> or it might be, it might be a pyramid. <laughs> a pyramid 4 3 2 1. Well, it, 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 technically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't a diamond? Isn't a diamond technically a four-one-two-one-two? <laughs> no, because the four players are all midfielders, so you can roll them into. Ah. I mean, a pyramid is either four-five-one or four-three-three if you want to just do defender midfielder forwards. <laughs> not it's not four-four-two. <laughs> well, you know what? I didn't want to give everything away, and now I seem to. I feel I feel like I've given a lot away now. I'm going to stop giving that away. Anyway, that's to look forward to next week on the Blue Army podcast. Myself, Liam Denwood, going head to head for the first head to head challenge. And Wills, I've got a quick question for you: um, whether or not yep. you're willing to get involved in uh, our next head-to-head challenge. I was hoping to find a sort of independent question master, somebody that could come up with 10 questions related to Carlisle United history, and then me and Liam will go head-to-head 
and we'll uh, write the answers down and we'll go through them in a pub quiz style fashion. And we can do that in a couple of weeks' time. Would you be up for that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Lovely. I'd definitely do a, a, a 10 question Carlisle United related quiz. Yeah, brilliant, mate. Well, I really appreciate that. So, guys, that's that's you've got that to look forward to as well. You've just been told about two different episodes going forwards. You've got a hell of a summer to look forward to here on the Blue Army podcast. Right, onwards to the Carlisle United related news. I've reeled off the headlines a little bit uh, earlier on. So let's go through them in order of, I guess, importance is kind of how I've done it. Carlisle United's preseason friendlies have just been confirmed. I believe they've finally been finalised and they are as follows. We start off preseason with Penrith, then Workington, then Hebbentown, then Chorley, Kendalltown, Blackpool, Everton under-23s, Lancaster City and Halifax. Now, normally... You'd see a Scottish team in our pre-season friendlies, but you haven't got one this year. Um, not that that's really uh, out there as, 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 as being strange or anything like that, but they are some very low league opposition for the most part. Do you think we're going to get the best sort of testing grounds out of these non-league teams? Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's not... In a way, it's not. It doesn't seem to be about kind of coming up against quality opposition. Because if you, if 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 you look at the quality of the opposition that you play in the friendlies and judge the season that you're going to have based on that, then after our performance in that friendly against Hibs, Stephen Presley would have taken us to League One, but <laughs> wasn't to be. So, and I think he. Who did we play else? I think I think we had some pretty decent uh, friendly matches under Presley. And I remember us having seasons as well where we'd do stuff like we'd go and beat Wigan and, you know, get a bit excited about that. So <laughs> I think, you know, our friendlies is more maybe about getting the players fit and, and familiar with working together in, in a... Well, in a situation where the opposition are proper footballers, not just the, you know, not just the kids from the youth team or the, you know, reserves from the same squad, where you're actually up against another team. So, it, now, it might be more about that. I, I, I'm not. I'm not an expert. I don't know what the purpose of friendlies is. Obviously, we need friendlies, I must say. But you know, I, I don't know what the considerations are when you decide what friendlies you want and how you want to approach them. I feel like the uh, Hebben Town friendly was a sort of like prearranged deal from signing Chedwin Scott. You know, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, because yeah, these things are good money makers for the smaller clubs. Yeah, but also saying that we're playing Hebben Town on exactly the same day and exactly the same time that we're playing Workington Reds. So it's obviously going to be quite a split squad mixed with a lot of youth, mixed with a lot of trialists. And it'll be interesting to see who goes to Hebben Town and who goes to Workington. Um, so that, you know, that's different to have two games on the same yeah. day. Now, we're trying to organise the Blue Army podcast going on a little bit of a pre-season tour and we might meet up in Lancaster for the Lancaster City friendly. Uh, I know I've booked it off work, so has me missus, yeah. because she's invited herself, uh, <laughs> uh, which is fine. Um, she doesn't listen, so I'm sure it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, uh, we're going to go down to Lancaster City. I think I'm going to try and uh, live stream some of the game. Maybe at halftime, wander around and see if I can get a couple of uh, Carlisle United supporters to give us their opinions on how pre-season's gone so far. Have a little bit of a crack with people on Instagram Live. And that should just be something a little bit different for yeah. uh, you guys to listen to and obviously for us to enjoy as well. Will, do you reckon you're going to be able to make it to the Lancaster City game on Wednesday night? Uh, yeah, maybe, the 28th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know right now whether that's uh, whether that's like a, a, a definite. Um, you know, with it being midweek and... I, I work freelance, things yeah. can sometimes crop up at late notice, something might happen where I am working late on Tuesday or something might happen where I have to be somewhere early on Wednesday morning, you, you know, you never know, but definitely be up for going there. It's not too far to go. So Yeah, it's know. not too bad. It's by the railway station, the giant axe. You can see it, yeah. You can see it from the from the railway station. Pretty yeah. much. You could probably watch the game from the bridge. Uh, and <laughs> and if, if we can't get tickets, that's what I'll be doing. Uh, <laughs> but we'll deal with that bridge when we come to it. Every time I've mentioned to people that I'm going to go to a football game, that, oh, are you sure you're going to get tickets? You think you're going to get tickets? I was like, it's Carlisle versus Lancaster City in a pre-season friendly. <laughs> I think, I think yeah. I'll get tickets, mate. I think I'll be okay. Um, <laughs> people in Manchester not quite used to this idea of being able to go to football games. I don't think they can quite wrap <laughs> the head around it just yet, mate. No. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, if, if you find yourself at a bit of a loose end on Wednesday, the 28th of July, get yourself down to Lancaster and come and jump on our live stream and have a bit of a crack with uh, me and possibly Wills. And um, it'll be a good crack. It'll be a good crack. And I'll be happy to see anybody that wanders over to the weirdo who's holding a GoPro on a selfie stick. That'll be me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after the preseason friendlies were announced, we have another uh, announcement that was finalised. The kit launch is taking place on Thursday. This episode is out on Wednesday. So, yeah, the kit launch is happening on Thursday. It has been quoted by uh, is it D- David Hallsworth that the kit yeah. is... Um, where, where was the quote? I feel like I've lost the quote now. Here we go. It's It's familiar... Uh, but a, a twist on the classic yet familiar kit. So, yeah. not a lot to be excited about, I suppose. We have a new sponsor, Thomas Graham. Do, yeah, yeah. So their logo is going to yeah. be prevalent, and the Kitchen Rebels, which I'll give a little shout to, uh, they're going to be on the shorts. They're the short sponsor, which I think is uh, first time that we've had a short sponsor, like a special short sports no, sponsor we- from a local business. We have had a sport, uh, 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 shirt, sorry, a shorts sponsor in the past. Um, and I think we had, I think it was Kitchen Rebels. I know it wasn't Kitchen Rebels. It was, it was a company that do health food. So hmm. do you remember we had like, it was like a funny little bear type logo on our shorts last season, not last season, season before. And yeah, because it, it was a logo without any text, so you might not have like realized it was a corporate thing, but it was actually a yeah, that was a sponsorship deal. 
Ah, okay, okay. Well, I think it's, it's a good move going forward for a club that always yeah. complains about the lack of money uh, coming in, I suppose. But yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, I feel like uh, Thomas Graham and maybe not kind of like going to be paying as much as Edinburgh Wool and Mill were, uh, just just based on the announcement that Thomas Graham were going to be sponsoring us. Um, the club sounded very kind of grateful to Thomas Graham for stepping in, which almost makes it sound like we were staring down the barrel of not having a kid sponsor, but thankfully we've, we've got a, a Thomas Graham. A bit like when DSD sponsored us and they're like, you know, a smallish local company and you know, probably not the biggest payers in terms of sponsorship money compared to Virgin Trains, say, that we had the season before that. Mm. I mean, it could be worse. We could be Ipswich Town and get sponsored by Ed Sheeran. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, there have been some embarrassing ones. Like Port Vale sponsored by Robbie Williams. Um, oh, I wouldn't want to confirm all that. I know he's got money. I know he's got money involved in Port Vale. I know he's sunk, yeah. he's sunk at least a quarter of a million into Port Vale to help them out at one point. He designed uh, but... their kit. <laughs> probably just whenever he releases a new greatest hits album, he'll probably just sponsor the kit for a couple of weeks, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. It'll all be it'll all be at his own convenience anyway. It won't yeah. be anything anything crazy. But yeah, if you want to get yourself a Carlisle United kit and you're a season ticket holder, you can do that on Thursday. If you haven't got a season ticket from last season, then your chance to get a kit is Friday. Okay. The only people that can get kits on Thursday are season ticket holders. And if uh, general uh, members of the public can start picking up kits on Friday, that's from the Warwick Road, Warwick, uh, Warwick Road, Blue store, okay. That's from the Warwick Road Blues store. Okay, I got my mouth around that one. <laughs> so, uh, something a bit more on the pitch related. Now we're gonna have a little crack about who we are being joined by next year in League Two, and oh. the Monkey Hangers are back. It's Hartlepool. The old Monkey Hangers. The old Monkey Hangers are back Hartlepool obviously called the monkey hangers because they famously hung some Spanish monkeys that were drifting ashore as a part of the failed attempt of the Spanish Armada just wanted to clear that up for anybody that doesn't know the history of the monkey hangers um yeah it's nice to have a local rival back they were kind of replaced by Barrow but nobody got to go to Barrow um, yeah. And nobody got to um, enjoy the away day of having a local rivals. We'll get one next year. We'll get two next year. Um, yeah, we'll miss Morecambe. But yeah, yeah look, look forward to renewing a bit of rivalry with Hartlepool. I'm, I'm, I'm almost surprised that they've come back so soon. It seemed like, it, it seemed for a bit like they were just getting a little bit stuck there. But I think Dave Challen has done a good job managing them. And also the thing with the National League is you can finish like practically bottom half and still have a chance of going up due to their insane playoff playoff structure. <laughs> <laughs> well, like with, with these sort of like promotions and uh, relegations and everything that's gone on, the way that the, um, the away day map 
is looking for Carlisle fans. It's slightly better than it was last year. Um, obviously, there's the big trip to Plymouth and Exeter. They're still there. Then you've got a couple of London teams. But when you break the league down into northern sides and southern sides... There's more, I think, I think there's maybe two more northern sides in the league than there is southern sides. So it bodes well for your uh, mileage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think maybe with the with the departures of Morecambe and um, Bolton and the likes of Sutton and uh, Plymouth and Bristol City all joining the all joining the division, might actually end up that we're actually travelling further than we did last season. But it certainly seems a little bit more northern than it did. Um, I mean, teams like uh, Roch... Uh, not Rochdale, they're not in here. Teams like Oldham and, and Salford and, yep. you know, Port Vale, they're probably going to be very happy looking at the layout of the league because oh. suddenly everything's a little bit more balanced. And I think some of the southern teams, because I think there was... I think last season or, or the season before... Um, the division was a bit northern for a bit, and then some of the southern teams felt they were travelling too far. So they've now got there's you know two teams in London now. So. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, football is football, and if you've got to travel, you've got to travel. You're never really going to mind too much, but. It is nice to have a local rival back at the end of the day. That's kind of what I wanted to get across. Morecambe yeah, for yeah. me. Wasn't the most fun away days, to be completely honest. Um, their well, fam- did you ever go to Christie Park? Yes, that was my. That was better than the new stadium. Yeah, that's well, that was way better than the new stadium. <laughs> Standing in that shed, that big windy shed at the end. Yeah. Um, yes, a few times, especially in the Johnson's Paint Trophy. That was a that was a bit of a place to be. Uh, you get your hardcore Carlisle fans on a Wednesday night watching Carlisle play in the Johnson's Paint Trophy against Morton <laughs> in the group stages. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right, man. That's all right. There was a lot of that going on in the stands anyway. Um, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the North-South divide's looking a little bit more favourable towards the North, but ultimately the amount of miles travelled will pretty much be the same, if not a it's little. Always, yeah, it's always yeah. going to be a long way for us. I mean, like, people are often surprised at how far Barrow is from us. That's true. You know, you get, like, teams like, um, you know, like Cheltenham and Forest Green in Gloucestershire, and they're just a few miles from each other. And then, you know, you get us with our other team from the same county. But we're, like, about as far away from Barrow as... I'm just looking on the map and trying to kind of guess that like Stevenage are from Crawley or something. Yeah, it's not it's not a close rival, uh, even though it's yeah. in the same county. It's definitely not a close rival. But uh, we we're not we're not scared of the road, Carlisle fans. You know, we enjoy a road trip. We have to. Uh, otherwise, you'd never get to see your team play away because there's nothing mm. less than what 100 miles uh, away from us year in year out anyway so you're going to yeah. be on the road for at least an hour to get to sort of like even the closest of away games for Carlisle fans but um god I don't want to dive into some shitty news but yeah we're going to dive into some shitty news to be completely honest mate Offren Zanzala and Farman both turned down deals with Carlisle United to join local rivals Barrow I mean, there was your segue when we were saying that it wasn't a big rivalry between us and Barrow. Might be yeah. next season. Yeah, yeah, I can smell fans the segue in, now. Yeah, yeah, fans in, <laughs> fans in attendance, and yeah, and I mean, 
um, you know, Farman's kind of opened up on why he didn't on why he didn't sign for Carlisle. Mm. I mean, Farman, so there was a little bit of a leak and a lot of the sort of like pay was released from the Carlisle players than what the contracts that they had last year. Farman was joint uh, top pay. Um, he was on... Um, 2,400 a week and I think, I can't remember who was the other one was on 2,400 a week to be completely honest now but apparently Reese Bennett was only on 800 um, so Yeah, I, I saw that, it didn't kind very of like skewed. Yeah, I mean I saw it and it didn't really quote its sources so Yeah, okay. I don't know how accurate it is because it's like here's, here's how much the players in League 2 are earning and uh, what struck me on that is that the players who were on loan from championship and premiership clubs, like even the lower championship clubs, and those clubs were paying all or a good chunk of their wages, they were, you know, they were taking home, you know, getting on for, you know, three quarters of a million pounds a year. You know, Stevenage, Crawley both had players that, although those clubs, weren't paying those wages. They are players in their squads that had salary expectations that were in the kind of three quarters of a million range. And that's kind of part of the problem that we have down here. Now, Paul Farman says that it, 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 it was all about the, 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 the length of contract and you know we've heard that before, and we've had problems before with constantly offering players one-year deals. That does seem to be the way business is done in League Two for the majority of teams. It does seem to be a one-year deal thing. What I can see yeah. with the whole Farman getting offered a one-year deal is that that puts him neck and neck with um, when Norman's deal would expire. So obviously you'd expect the two of them to be fighting it out for the contract yeah. next year, or at least the, the money contract next year. Um, the number two goalkeeper in most League Two clubs probably isn't earning quite as much as what our number two goalkeeper earns because we brought him in thinking that that was going to be our number one. And they yeah. seem to have thrown, if the sources are to be believed, they seem to throw a lot of money to get Farman to come in. Yeah. Um, so that, that does speak a lot. I mean, we did when we first brought him in on wages. Um, yeah. Um, so he's one of, being one of the top earners. I think Barrow would have had to minimum match what we were giving him this year yeah. uh, and then give him a two-year deal. And I can understand why that might that might sway a 31-year-old goalkeeper just to have that yeah. bit more stability in the area that he, he wants to be. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't fight harder to keep Zanzala though, because he's one who could potentially earn your money in the long run. And if the reason he's gone, and he hasn't said it's only Farman who's opened up, but if the reason that he's gone to Barrow is that we only offered him a one year deal, then because Farman's over 30, I would maybe be more risky with saying you've been good for us, I'd give you a two-year deal, but I can understand that players over 30, two-year deals become a lot harder to come by, but a player of like Zanzala's age and, you know, the potential that he has, I can't understand why they wouldn't offer him a two-year deal 
maybe they didn't borrow just off of more money. I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit of a mystery. Zanzala hasn't came out and said anything uh, about the contract that was offered to him or why he... Well, he said why he went to Barrow because he wanted to um, and he's happy to be there and all the things yeah. that players, their agents tell them to... But yeah, that's the not the reason, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got to endear yourself to the fans at some point. Yeah. Now, I will say, though, once you've left Carlisle, you need to change your online um, profile pictures. You can't be stood there wearing a Carlisle shirt anymore on your online Instagrams and, yeah. and Twitter and stuff. You need to get on that. Zanzala, because it's annoying me watching you with your knees on the ground, with your arms raised, with number 10 Zanzala in a Carlisle kit on the back. You don't play for us anymore, mate. <laughs> you don't play for us anymore. So that can't be your profile picture, okay? We Not broke up. Told. Okay, we broke up. It's time for you to let us go. Okay? <laughs> I hope he's listening to this. I hope he is, mate. It'd be fantastic if he is. I know his agent does. His agent does. Oh, Omari, right. how are you doing, Omari, mate? How's it going? Um, yeah, his agent follows us. Um, he's given us a message or two in the past. But yeah, um, yeah, there it is, mate. You're gonna take your profile picture down because you don't play for us anymore. So stop wearing your ex's t-shirts and get on with it. Um... <laughs> 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 yes, uh, away from the doom and gloom, and we're going to finish off with our last little two news segments with a little bit of a brighter light being shone upon us. We've signed somebody. Is he a replacement for Zanzala? Possibly. He's kind of in the same elk. His name is Tristan Abrahams, and he's coming to us after turning down a deal with Notts County. He's 22 years of age and uh, started his career with late Norient. Have you heard much about Tristian Abrahams, my friend? Not really. Um, it's a name that I'm familiar with just because he's been around a little bit mm. at this level. Um, mm. So I, I did a little bit of digging of what fans of his former clubs thought of him. So it was at it was at Newport County last season but was then sent on loan to Leighton Orient. Um, Newport County fans didn't really express any opinion of him. I don't think he was... He, he played a few games for them, but I don't think he was kind of like that close to the team and obviously was sent on loan. And his loan at Leighton Orient didn't really work out for him. So the Leighton Orient fans weren't especially complimentary of him. But, you, you know, a player gets sent on loan quite often it doesn't work out simply because that you know the, you know they get thrown into a system that they've not trained for and because they're not one of the contracted players you know the they the don't maybe get the same level of attention and kind of you know the loanies are sometimes just thrown in well, I will say, I've really half season loanies. Yes. Um, during his time at Notts County, he scored four goals in 23 games. His career stats aren't any better to look at either. It's 25 goals in 135 career appearances. He isn't a fluent goal scorer. Now, from the video footage that I've seen of his goals, he likes to score most of them from around the six-yard area. He's known for scoring two in a game um, and then going on barren spells for 10 games and then scoring two in a game and then going on a barren spell and then scoring two in a game. So, 
I'm a little bit worried. In Beach, I trust, okay? In Chris Beach, I will trust. And Beach has probably seen something interesting, a position on the pitch, uh, probably that's been left behind by Omari Patrick. Um, and he's maybe going to play him out wide uh, and have him sort of cutting in a young 22-year-old, a strong 22-year-old. And it's not going to be that far removed from um, the what we were watching last year from Zanzala, Patrick and Coyote. I feel like he's a replacement for those guys. Um, but his goal scoring stats just don't do it for me, mate. They just, they just really don't do it for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him as a amazing sign in. I would have liked to have seen someone brought in with more experience, like a Lee Novak. Um, but, the summer is young. We need more. We need to bring in more than one striker. We've lost four. We've lost um, Ethan Walker. Uh, we lost Chedwin Scott as well. Yeah. Uh, we lost Cody. We've lost um, Zanzala, like we've mentioned, and we've lost Patrick. So we've lost five. We've lost five attacking players. So yeah. there's going to be more brought in. Tristan Abrahams is not going to be the only attacking player that we bring in. Mm. Um, so. It'll be more interesting to see the players yeah. he brings in around this and what kind of a system we're going to be looking at next year. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you know, I think, like, I think Standham a bit worried for us, uh, certainly up front, just because we've lost so much in that area and kind of having to having to build it up again. And, you know, Chris Beach was really, you know, was really hoping for a stable squad where he could go into next season with a squad of players who the majority, you know, the vast majority of whom, I mean, he said 98% uh, carried through from this season. Now we're, in terms of the number of players that have departed, it's not, it's not a big change, but it's all those attacking players that have departed and the, you know, the big gaps that it leaves and the fact that um, if you look at, like, midfield and defence, I, presu- I presume Bennett's going elsewhere, although we haven't heard anything. I think he's been linked to the crew. So, um, you know, if you look at midfield and defence, pretty stable, not much changing. Anderton's gone, but Armour had taken his place in the starting lineup anyway. Yeah. We could go into we could go into next season with a back four of Armour, McDonald, although we could do we could do with another defender anyway, Hayden and Tanner, and you've got like our midfield three there. Um pretty stable. And then you go up front and either front front three or the the front two and the wingers if we go four four two and it's all changed just completely a Luis Alessandra on his own from previous season. Yeah, I mean obviously you got uh, Jimmy Jimmy Fiore has been signed up for a bit. Uh, yeah, he's, I forgot about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of your fa- <laughs> he's one of your favourites as well. <laughs> yeah, no, but you don't. But no one ever mentions him. So <laughs> no, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, he's been offered a he's been offered an extra year as well, I believe. So and he yeah. signed that. Um, so but it was yeah, it was an extension. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they kind of tri- they triggered an extension. I think it was be- between him and Chedwin Scott by the end of the season, and obviously he went for Tiore instead of Scott. I hope oh, I do hope Scott uh, comes back into league football at some point and proves us uh, proves him wrong. Um, yeah, 
He still made a step up because he's he's signed now for Gateshead. Gateshead, yeah. Which is yeah. you know, it's still a step up from where he was. So yeah. and there's a working there's a working relationship between Carlisle and Gateshead that we've you know we we we've, we've yeah. we, we kind of get first option on on some of their guys sometimes some of the time, you yeah. know what I mean? Um but yeah, it's just location really, isn't it? Yes, I mean it's... the with Hartlepool being back in the league, we you know we might have a bit more competition. But if you, I mean, looking back at that League One map, if you look at that without without Hartlepool in it, before you know, if 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 you're a player who's either at a club like Gateshead and want to break into the league, or you're at a Newcastle or a Sunderland and you get released, but you want to stay close to home, Carlisle's like your only option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does. It does become like that. I would have thought when when Hartlepool went down the first time, we might have been able to uh, just grab a few more people from a sinking ship, maybe. But we yeah. don't really have a good relationship when it comes to taking players off Hartlepool necessarily. <laughs> we kind of wait for them to go and play for someone else before we bring them in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to finish our new segment and the show as a whole. Jimmy um, Curry. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy? you know what. I mean, the only um, players that we've got left up front now are ex-Hartlepool players. Is that Jimmy Turo used to play for Hartlepool? That's who we got him from. Oh, OK. Ah, I wonder why, Alessand- why you just went, Jimmy Turo, for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Alessandra played for Hartlepool. Oh <laughs> uh, God! Yeah, but we, we we've you know we've we've sourced players from Hartlepool before. There's normally a step in between. That is, that yeah. Normally is what I'm saying. And yeah, um, yeah. normally Hartlepool are the team that sign the players that I would like to see to have come to Carlisle in the past, like Norberto yeah. Solano. Um, oh, I really he wanted... was right at the end of his career. I really wanted Nobby Solano. Well, imagine, yeah. Ian Hart, imagine Ian Hart on the left and Nobby Solano on the right. Imagine that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. And they also signed... Um, uh the big man he used to play up front. He played a little bit for Newcastle, and then I think he moved on. Chef Yakuchi. Oh yeah. Did they also they sa- I think they had, I think they took him off us. We were talking to Chef Yakuchi, and I think Hartlepool took them off us. Yeah. He might I have gone- we were talking to Chef Yakuchi and then they had Marlon Harewood. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Malin Harewood, a skinny Addy Ipumbo Fenware. <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, the last story, the last news story, the last news story. I've decided, uh, I didn't decide, I stumbled across accidentally a little bit of investigating this. I've stumbled across some journalism that I did and. Um, <laughs> On Brennan Dickinson's Instagram story, he put up a picture in training with an ex-Carlisle United player. Now, what I'm going to do is uh, give you a couple of hints and see if you can guess it. All right. This player left Carlisle very recently. This player is a former England under-19s. Am I supposed to pretend that I haven't already seen your notes and know who you're talking about? (laughs) I I don't know what you've seen. Who are we talking about? I would have guessed anyway. I mean, because he seems seems to be magnetically connected to us. Dewhurst. (laughs) It's Marcus Dewhurst, exactly. Um, Obviously, with Farm and Goan, there's a gap. At the back. And um, yeah, Marcus has been training 
at Brunton Park uh, with Brennan while Brennan's been trying to get himself uh, fully fit after the injury that sort of like finished the end of his season for him a little bit prematurely. Brennan's been in quite a lot during pre-season and he's been joined by former Carlisle under-19s goalkeeper, uh, former England under-19s goalkeeper, former Carlisle trainee, Marcus Dewhurst. Um, that'll be fun, wouldn't it, to have him? But we need a number two anyway. What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I, haven't, I, I kind of feel like we don't even really know what he's like that much because he's, he's been back he's, he's been back to us twice, but, you know, he's not really featured. Um, but, I mean, it seems, you know, we must have a, a decent relationship with Sheffield United. And it could be that we've just asked... You know, we're looking for the goalkeeper next season. Can um, can Marcus maybe come and train with us so we can have a look at him? Mm-hmm. Not committing to anything yet, but you know, uh, I don't know what Sheffield United think about the fact that is he never got first team football when he was with us, but you know. <laughs> And, you know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be at all surprised if he came came back a, on loan. I think it'd be a good sign. And I'm not sure about coming back on loan. His yeah. contract does expire in eight days uh, with with Sheffield oh, United. So have they not offered him a new one? It doesn't seem that they have. Doesn't seem that they have. Mm. I'm not saying it won't happen in the next week, and I'm not saying he wouldn't snap the hand off if they did offer him a deal yeah weeks but I feel like Sheffield United are obviously moving a couple of things around at the moment um they've got they've they've got their own sort of things that they've been going through in the last couple of seasons and um, I I guess you know they've been they've been relegated so that's it that's all changed there because I mean maybe they don't need five goalkeepers I don't know yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a disappointing one on his on his part because he's pretty highly rated Mm -hmm. and they've sent him out to his Twice, hoping to see him play some football, which you know hasn't happened because it's, I mean, because he's a goalkeeper, you know, it's not like you can just throw him in from time to time to get some experience. You know, you're either the number one or you're on the bench, and that's it with goalkeepers. Um, so, you know, if he's so highly rated by them, why why release him? I don't know. Very if they're true. so disappointed at him not getting the starts that they think that he's worthy of in League Two, why release him? But maybe it's a decision that's only been made because they've gone down. Although they've known they're going down for quite a while. Yeah, but they're always going to be they're always going to be trimming, aren't they? When you're going yeah. down and uh, new manager coming in, all those kind of things. You've obviously. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of goalkeepers at Premier League outfits, like normally three to four goalkeepers at a Premier League outfit yeah. that'll be training with the first team. So I would, it's not, it's not the most outrageous thing to have happened. Yeah, uh, that a 20 year old goalkeeper with with probably the least amount of experience out of all of them would be the yeah. one that would would face the chop first. Um, it's just tightening yeah. the purse strings probably because of what's happening. But I'd love yeah. to see Marcus Dewey's come. Um, yeah. I, th- I think it'll be a good signing. I think um, it'll be a great competition for Norman. Two young goalkeepers uh, pushing each other for the number one start. Yeah, I can see it being uh, being a good move uh, from the management if 
it all comes together. Like I said, all I've really seen is an Instagram post of him training yeah. at the Carlisle facilities. Well, Wills, um, I think we've gone through everything we can pretty much go through as far as news is concerned. Have you got anything else you want to maybe throw in the hat? Uh, no, not really. Uh, how are you watching the match tonight? Um, I'm just going to uh, have a couple of beers and sit downstairs with the missus, I think, mate. Yeah, I'll uh, maybe throw on a bit of a FaceTime and see you guys enjoying the game as well. Yeah, yeah. I might get my laptop out in the living room so that we can have your face on a little screen. Yay! <laughs> I'll put, I'll put, I'll put some, uh, I'll put some face paint on, specially. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't really. I don't know. If this is really for the podcast. I've got Teasy coming round as well now. So. Oh, nice man. Nice man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, um, we'll, we'll have a crack after we signed off about the, uh, the gig. If you, are you there? Are you... <laughs> Yeah, we're having a yeah, crack yeah. About that. You wanna you wanna know about that? We oh yeah, we'll have a crack, we'll have a crack oh, about that. So do you know what we'll do? We'll sign off now. That's enough from me and Will's. We're gonna catch up about some personal issues. Thank you very much, Will's, for joining us on the Blue Army podcast. This has been episode twenty-three. The music for the loud and local segment is from a close personal friend, expertly talented. A uh, youngster called Nat Dempsey with his song Hearsay, which is out now. So download it, please. Support your local artists. They love you and you should love them back. All righty then. Thank you very much, Wills, mate. Thank you for having me. I uh, look forward to being on again. I'll work on them questions for you and, and Lee in the, uh, Liam in the, in the Blue Army Liam Derby. <laughs> You've just titled it brilliant. <laughs> Fucking love it, brother. <laughs> Fucking love it, brother. And on that bombshell, it's bye bye from us. Bye for now, matters. Ta-da. <laughs> <laughs>
Days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.